This episode of Energy Sense is brought to you by IHS Markets Financial and Capital Markets Energy Advisory Group. Our team of experts provides the investment community with actionable insight and integrated thought leadership that identify the trends and trend makers of global energy markets. Solutions cover the full energy and natural resources sector, from traditional fossil fuels to emerging clean tech ideas and supply chains, and are available via recurring reports, webinars, robust data sets, and personal engagements with experts. All right, welcome back to Energy Sense, an S&P Global podcast covering all things on the intersection of energy and finance. This is your host, Hill Vaden, and I'm here today with Allison Bennett, who is a bank policy reporter and expert with the S&P Market Intelligence Division uh, to talk about green banks. Allison, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Good. Uh, and it is Friday. It's Friday, September 23rd. So, so we're hopeful for a, a nice weekend after we record this. But as a little background, where uh, Alice and I got introduced, uh, Allison put t- together a story on green banks and how that relates to the Inflation Reduction Act that, that was on our Capital IQ platform. And I, I didn't know a lot about green banks and wasn't sure how green banks were different from other banks and what problems they solved. And so you, you and I started talking, I guess, a couple of weeks ago just to prepare for this, but maybe a good place for us to start this conversation. What, what is a green bank and how is it different from the, perhaps the branded banks that, that we might know and recognize? A green bank is a public, it's a quasi-public, or it's a nonprofit organization and what they do is provide funding for green energy projects. Their overall goal is addressing uh, climate change and what they do is they use public funds to affect private investment in clean energy funds. They develop pipelines for projects. They seek out opportunities that help their communities. They look in the market for investments that generate funding for their projects. They've been around for a little over 20 years. Their ultimate goal is to address climate change and new funding from Congress that was just enacted in August has moved forward a push for a national green bank that would create a set of uniform financial products that would help provide more funding at the state and local level. Okay, and I, and I was looking at the annual report that the Coalition for Green Capital had produced, and if I'm correct, today green banks are operating in about 13 states, and the, it's it's working alongside private investment. It seemed to be an agenda of incentivizing investment in areas, low-income communities, for example, where perhaps the traditional return metrics of a quote-unquote normal bank are less certain. Is that a good way to look at it? Yeah, I think that's the case. I think they work very hard to generate loans to provide different kinds of financial products that would then generate more funding for clean energy projects. They work to benefit their communities. They do solar energy products. They work on loans to builders who build in in clean energy ways. And mm-hmm. you know they provide, you know, everything from very local help for their communities, such as, you know, here's a solar roof, here's a heat pump that is more efficient. And they do all of those local things. And at the same time, they work to generate, you know, capital, you know, through their investments, and they look for places in the market where they can raise money. And often smaller projects, right? Often the, the smaller projects, projects that the big banks just kind of can't bother themselves with. 
That's right. Okay. And and so the IRA, the, the Inflation Reduction Act, recently allocated, uh, I think, $27 billion to green banks as part of its funding mechanisms? It did. The legislation created $27 billion in funding. Uh, $7 billion are going to go directly to states and localities that provide help to low-income and disadvantaged communities. So that's that's where that money is going directly. And there's another $20 billion that goes to uh, what they call eligible nonprofits that do kind of more general projects in their communities. And, you know, it can go towards uh, different kinds of financing and different kinds of investment. The note on that particular part of the funding is it it's only going to nonprofits. It's it's not going to, you know, other types of, of green banks. But I think that there's going to be a lot of interest in that money. And some of the industry groups are saying we'd like the money to go towards creating a national green bank, you know, a nonprofit that would then be able to generate uh, more capital and more investment that could be distributed to the the state and local banks. And and there's all different kinds of the way green banks are, are organized. Some of them are run by states and localities. Some of them are nonprofits. Some of them are independent banks. So there's a wide variety of institutions out there and it remains to be seen, you know, where the money will go. Mm-hmm. And are the state banks supportive of the idea of a national green bank or are the state green banks? I think many, many of them are. They're all members of a group called the Coalition for Green Capital and that coalition is pushing very hard for a national bank. I, th- I think they are supportive of that idea because it is going to leverage the things that are possible for them to do. And so I, I think there is a lot of support for that notion, uh, but it remains to be seen uh, what the EPA is going to do. And there's only about 180 days for them to take those applications and make those decisions. And it remains to be seen what they'll do. Okay. And so the Environmental uh, Protection Agency, the EPA, is directing 20 of this $27 billion in capital. Is there, and you say it's 180 days before the decisions are made. Mm-hmm. What type of timeline do we expect after those decisions are made? And, and what type of criteria? Is it all kind of new ads, say solar panels being added to an existing structure? Or is it also, say, retrofitting and efficiency and other types of things? Or is that still open to debate? I think it's both. I think you know, the way that they can help existing buildings become more energy efficient, um, how they can change what's in residents' house already to become more energy efficient. There's, I think there's funding for that that's going to be considered as well as the brand new projects. So I think, you know, the goal of a Green Bank and the goal of Congress is to make houses and buildings and localities more energy efficient, you know, regardless of how that's done. So Okay. And have we seen leadership at, at any of these state or municipal Green Bank level? I mean, it is California comes to mind as one that often leads the agenda for green initiatives. Is is a California bank or group of banks leading the green bank conversation? 
Uh, I have not seen that. What I've seen, I've talked to uh, some banks like the Connecticut Green Bank, which is the first green bank in the U.S. It was created about 20 years ago by the Connecticut State Legislature. And so they have been very interested in this concept of a national bank. They're working hard, you know, as a member of the Coalition for Green Capital to get that done. And I think what they described to me for the story that I wrote in the interview that I did was that a national bank would be a big tent. And that was how they described it for how state and local and and other types of institutions would be under that tent and they would all have ways to leverage the money that's coming from Congress in their own ways and as part of that national overlay. And if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And can we look, how about in terms of the types of projects? Do do you have any historical examples of the types of projects that um, a green bank would have been involved in and and, or any projects that are currently underway that that might help us to think about this? Well, I think California, you know, for one, um, you know, they're they they have many projects underway, but one thing that they're doing is they have two different loan uh, initiatives where they loan money to residents who will then use the money to make their homes more energy efficient. So there's a loan project. There's many others that they're doing. The D.C. Green Bank is working on is an issue called Energize Delaware that is doing lots of green projects and one of they're doing is low income energy efficiency projects. So they're reaching out to their low income communities and their low income residents to say, how can we make your homes more efficient? How can we reduce your energy bills? What kinds of assistance can we do to lower emissions, you know, in your homes? Mm-hmm. And so there's that the Maryland Clean Energy Project is leveraging many millions of dollars in private capital to implement their energy measures that they're working on. So if that if that answers your question about some of the things that are happening. Yeah. And are green banks a uniquely American institution? They are not. They're part of a network of green banks that does reach to other countries. They're green banks that exist in Australia, Japan, Malaysia, and the UK. And There's also a group called the Green Bank Network that brings together different ways that these banks function under one tent. So they're reaching out to international banks as well. And the the Coalition for Green Capital, you know, is part of that. But there is now a network of green banks that does cross international lines that's out there. Okay. Do you have any ideas or thoughts on how the non-green banks look at at green banks in in terms of I mean, it sounds like the the jobs are much smaller that the green banks are are looking at and the larger banks aren't bothered by it. Is there a sense of collaboration? Are the JP Morgans of the world implicitly or explicitly supportive of the green bank concept? I think that there are instances where the, the bigger banks are working together with the green banks on particular projects. I know that there has been green banks reaching out to the larger banks to help them leverage capital and and say, you know, here's how we can work together on funding for this project. And that has happened. So I, I okay. think there's a sense of cooperation there. And you mentioned that, that the EPA will be working over the next 180 days or so to determine how to allocate mm-hmm. this $20 million. Can you walk us through a, a little bit about what that what's involved in that 
process and when we should expect, I mean, I guess it would be 180 days, but when to expect the deployment of capital after those 180 days? I don't have an answer for that. I think the process is still a sense of learning because this is the first time that we've seen this kind of funding come from Congress to, to help green banks. And so I think even for the EPA, there may be a learning curve as to how this process will go. Um, I think there aren't a lot of significantly clear answers to, to that mm-hmm. question right now. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Well, how about on the it's a new process? How about on the seven billion side? So, so there's seven billion of mm-hmm. the twenty-seven, and the seven billion dollars is more directly allocated to lower-income communities. How does one in a low-income community access that capital? Is it reactive? Is it proactive? What's the? Well, I think the money is going uh, directly to states and localities rather than having the EPA make the decisions about where it goes. I think it's going to be distributed, or at least that's one question the EPA will be answering. You know, we'll be sending that money to states and localities. I think there's a requirement that the $7 billion go towards zero emission Mm -hmm. uh, projects. And so there's a sense of where that money is going within those communities. So um, if that answers your question. Yeah, well, and and would we expect, say, a specific homeowner to access it? Or would it be accessed more through a project with private equity or, or a small developer or something like that? I think it would be through the letter that you mentioned. It would be through uh, developers. It would be through the the projects that are happening in those communities. But they're very specifically targeted towards low-income and disadvantaged communities as opposed to the $20 billion that can go towards the larger big tent that we mentioned. Okay. With the end goal of, of potentially a national green bank being in the cards on the back of that 20 billion or would that be a completely separate uh, that would be that would be a financing of that bank that 20 billion would be to create a national nonprofit that would then leverage that capital and create what's been described to me as a suite of financial products that are similar so Mm -hmm. that different banks can take advantage of similar types of investments and generate capital in ways that you know, ways that would be consistent across banks. So. Okay. Okay. Well, what, I mean, it, it, I know we're, what, two, two months coming out of mm-hmm. the DRA, the Inflation Reduction Act. We got 180 days until the EPA makes decisions. What, what are some of the things that, that we should be paying attention to over the coming days or weeks as this process works itself through, uh, you know, as we're looking for more, say, evidence of progress? Right. I think we should be paying attention to the applications that are coming in to the EPA, the the things that banks are seeking, the the types of pressures that may come to bear for the national bank versus whether there's more pressure that comes to bear for that to happen. I know the industry has been really persistent in having that happen, you know, for several years. It's been an issue in Congress uh, for years now. The House is past green bank funding several times. And so this is the first time that it's gotten that support in the Senate and that it's come through. So I think green banks are very excited to see that happen. And it remains to be seen where the funding goes. Um, Right. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, this is, it sounds like one of the many interesting things that we should be paying attention to on the back of the IRA and perhaps a good place for us to leave today's conversation. So, yeah, I'll, I'll remind listeners, as I always do, that folks can reach out to us at energysense at ihsmarket.com and I'll put more information about green banks as well as about the work that Allison does on Capital IQ into the liner notes. But, but Allison, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Hill. It's a pleasure. All right. I look forward to picking up the conversation maybe in 180 days once we see where this money goes. Thank you. To read additional insights from our team of experts, visit our blog at www.ihsmarket.com slash energy blog. You can also find our experts on social media by searching for IHS Market Energy on either Twitter or LinkedIn. Have a topic idea or want to send us feedback? Email our podcast team at energysense at ihsmarket.com. This podcast contains information and insights copyrighted by IHS Market. To learn more about IHS Market Energy Solutions, visit ihsmarket.com slash energy. That's ihsmarkit.com forward slash energy.